Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to A View from the Bullens, in partnership with the Fitzrovia Bell London, our official away day pub for all Evertonians. And fanscapes.co.uk, made by fans for fans. Everton is my team, uh, because um, first of all, I, I am really happy to, to be the manager of this team, these players. Because I feel that this player follow me. Uh, we have a statement coming up from uh, Everton because uh, they have just confirmed to us that Carlo Ancelotti has left his position as manager and he's heading to Spain to take up the role of head coach at Real Madrid. Hello and welcome to A View from the Bullins with me, Mick Kemp, Ben Winstanley, Lee McLean, Jack Kemp and Paul the Esk. This is the Carlo Ancelotti special. Ben, we woke up this morning and we probably didn't think the rumours were true, but as the day progressed, it turns out Carlo Ancelotti has now actually joined Real Madrid. What are your thoughts on it? Um... It's been a bit of a whirlwind 24 hours for myself and all Evertonians. Um, I've seen the rumours getting leaked last night and as I was saying to you guys on the WhatsApp and to my friends, I thought it was all a bit of a joke. I thought uh, Real Madrid was trying to play a bit of a ploy to try and reduce potentially Conte's wage bill. Um, but that developed really, really fast today. I think the news broke very quick and it turns out that Ancelotti was there since last Friday um, discussing terms, discussing contracts and going forward. So, um, what are my feelings now? I've calmed down now. Before I was quite angry. I was quite emotional. It was. It just feels like the past eighteen months again. I've been for nothing, and we're back to square one. Um, I feel like I thought originally Ancelotti bought into the club. I thought he bought into the city. Um, obviously from praising Formby and praising our culture and the history of our of our club. But 
it was all a pack of lies. Now, looking back, um, and for a manager like Ancelotti to come out and speak out and oppose, for example, the Super League, um, said obviously wanted to stay at Everton, manage Everton when we went to our new stadium. Um, and despite the Real Madrid rumours, back in the 18th of May, he wanted to stay at Everton. And then to join Real Madrid, at, uh, by all accounts, in a heartbeat, it's quite sickening and, I'd say, disgusting towards us fans and the club in general. Um, I feel like it's just unfair on the board. I feel like, obviously, the board met last week. Uh, I think Sky reported to obviously talk about the summer transfers, where we're going to invest, etc. And this is just throwing them a real curveball um, and it puts us back to square one. So a new manager coming in um, who's going to have to identify all the players, see all the players again. And it's going to slow any transfer deals up going forward because he'll want his own spin, his own identity on the club and the players he wants. So I'm just a bit let down, to be honest, Mick, in, in relation to what Carlo Ancelotti's done here towards Everton fans. It, 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 it's, it's not nice at all. It's a lot of Blues bought into Ancelotti and his winner mentality, me included. Um, I've said on numerous podcasts, he's been one of the best sounds in Mayors Football Club. I thought he had that winner's mentality that maybe the board didn't have at Everton Football Club and he really wanted to push on to the next level. Um, but I'm being made to really, really eat me words here. Um, you, you look at his record for Everton. We were going to do an end-of-season review um, later on this week, but this news has shocked the world of football and the world of Everton fans. And I was going to say I was a bit disappointed with this year. Um, I was a bit disappointed with the football we've played because at times it's been a bit ugly, a bit not coached. Um, there was no real identity, especially at home. And where have we all been brainwashed because of the big Ancelotti name? Because I couldn't say a bad word about him two, three weeks ago. Um, it was all on the players, on the players. But the manager does have to actually come under some sort of criticism as well. If I had, say, for example, Sam Allardyce or Ronald Koeman or Marco Silva, for example, had served up some of the football that we've played over the past couple of months, probably since Christmas, then we, all as home fans, would have been desperate for them to leave the club. Um, £11.5 million pounds a year we've been paying Carlo Ancelotti to serve up Probably the worst football I've ever seen at home. Um, it was disgusting. We had no identity. Three goals at home to certain clubs. Leeds, Palace, um, Burnley, um, Crystal Palace, Newcastle, Fulham, Burnley, Aston Villa, Sheffield United, for example. Three goals at home again against all them teams. Is When you look at it, pretty shocking. Now, the players take a major hit for that, but the manager's got to take a hit as well. And I feel like because he was Carlo Ancelotti that we were giving him a bit of a break, to be honest. So, yeah, it's just been a bit of a roller coaster 24 hours where we're back to square one. I do feel, though, that the next appointment has to be a young, hungry manager who wants success and he's got to put his own spin, his own identity on our football club to take us to the next le level. We need a breath of fresh air, that a manager that we can get behind, um, not someone that's going to jump at the first gun and to actually cut his wages in half with the move, which is completely shocking. So obviously it isn't money-driven, it must be personal. So it's really hard because I want to save me fan head. I'm really gutted, I'm upset, but then you put your, your business head on it. It could be a blessing in disguise for the future. So we'll see that the Everton board have to come up with some ideas now going forward. It's a massive decision um, and I just hope we make the right one. Lee, taking away form and results, I imagine you're very disappointed. Yeah, I'm disappointed, Mick. Um, disappointed in the way he's gone about it more than anything else, if I'm absolutely honest. Um, 
you know, had had we have finished in Europe, won a, won a piece of silverware, whatever. Obviously, I think I'd be disappointed for disappointed. Sorry for for other reasons. Um, sorry to see him go. Like Ben just said there, now I've had time to sort of digest it all and calm down a little bit. When I've asked myself the question, I'm I'm a sad to see him go. Not really, because I think he, he's gone back on his word. I I always had it in my head that Ancelotti was this real gentleman. You know, he 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 did things with honour and class. Uh, he's gone back on his word. The amount of sound bites we've heard from him, you know, this is my team. Everton is my team. I want to see us into the new stadium. I want to see out my contract and then possibly go uh, beyond that. Again, like like Ben's just said, it all seems very shallow, very hollow words. Um, and ultimately, the, he, he didn't mean a word he's uttered. In, in, the, in the past 18 months, he saw one glimpse of Real Madrid and he's, and he's ran and he's left us. Um, I feel completely short-changed. Ultimately, for me, in my opinion, he failed. Um, I suppose the one positive is whoever does come in next hasn't really got much to beat. You know, they're coming into a side that's just finished 10th with the worst home record in Premier League history. You know, it's not going to take much to, to better that. Um, I expected a lot more from, from Ancelotti. So I'm sorry, if he doesn't want to be at a football club, see you later, good riddance. I'm not going to be losing sleep over it. I've got enough to worry about. We all have. Yeah, in, in our day-to-day lives. Um, I'm not going to be losing sleep over Carlo Ancelotti leaving Everton. What I now quickly turn my focus to is who comes in. And I echo what you've all you've said already. I think it's got to be someone who's absolutely desperate to create a name for themselves, someone young, hungry, ambitious, someone with an identity, a coach, not a manager. Because I think Ancelotti is undoubtedly a good manager, but I don't think he's a great coach. I mean, I, I'll ask you all now, how many times have we said on podcasts this season um, what what have we been doing on the on the training pitch all week? We've been questioning that far too far too many times to my liking. It, it looked like there was a, a a noticeable lack of progression with those players. They didn't look coached uh, far far too often. Um, and Ben's right. I think he has got away with a lot more than others ever would have done. Uh, the football, especially since the turn of the year, it was absolutely abysmal. It was it was very very difficult to watch. Put it this way, I'm I'm, I'm absolutely made up. I wasn't allowed in. Um, you know, I'm I'm happy there was restrictions because I, I wouldn't have enjoyed being sat in Goodison Park in the Gladys Street watching that, and, I, and I'm sure I wouldn't have been on my own um, in that way of thinking as well. So yeah, it's a it's a it's a mad one. It's, it's something that I wasn't expecting when I went to bed last night to wake up and see that. Um, and it's it's more change, it's more upheaval, it's more turmoil. It's another person's ideas and. You know, I, I've got this picture in my head of a whiteboard up there in, in Finch Farm with all the plans for this summer all laid out, you know, plan A, B and C perhaps. Um, and that's all going to need to be scrapped and started again. And we can't keep doing this. You know, this is our sixth manager in, in however many years since David Moyes left. We need some stability back at the football club. I want to just strip it back to basics. Um But it's a huge, huge, whatever it is, 48 hours, week or so coming up because this next appointment is going to be absolutely critical. It obviously opens up a lot more questions as well about the players that are here. You know, how many of them are going to follow him out the door? You just don't know. So the 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 picture of this summer has just changed completely. We're all worried sick. Uh, I, I, I get that. Um, but ultimately, we can't do nothing, nothing really, but put, put our trust in the people who are in charge of the club to make the right decisions. And, you know, I just hope for once they do because uh, we can't keep going on like this, Mick. We can't. 
Jack, if we take a step back and, and we think, you know, like a non-Evertonian would, uh, as a, just a general football fan, a lot of Evertonians this evening and tomorrow and so on will, uh, will be very frustrated with Carlo Ancelotti and probably the way he's handled things, the sound bites he said, and then to just kind of turn his back on Everton and, and jump at the first hurdle. Do you have sympathy with Carlo? You know, when Real Madrid come calling, players, managers, they normally do leave. So do you have any sympathy with Carlo for actually going? Um... I don't have sympathy for him. Um, Real Madrid normally get what they want, don't they? You know, if you look over the their you know past history, if they want a player, that they get that player. You know, you've only got to look back at you know Ronaldo, Man United, and and Sir Alex, and Ronaldo still left them for Real Madrid. Um, my my big issue, I think, is it's not a big issue, but. It wasn't long ago that Ancelotti came out and was very vocal about this European Super League. And he's gone back to work for the guy who is at the forefront of that European Super League. And let's get one thing right. Real Madrid still haven't left that European Super League. We've got UEFA trying to, you know, go with proceedings against them and a couple of other clubs. And I just think... Why would you go? Why would you get back into bed with someone like Perez when you've publicly, you know, gone against the European Super League? But he's quite happy to go back to Real Madrid. But like you said, Mick, Real Madrid, Barcelona, these sort of clubs, if if they come calling, you know, they normally, you know, nine times out of ten get what they want. But I'd just echo what Ben and Lee said. I think the way Ancelotti's gone about it. Um, he, he's left Everton in, in a pretty bad position, to be honest. And I think he, I think he united the football club because it was pretty bad, wasn't it, before he came? But he's he's left a pretty dysfunctional squad, I feel. Um, and I know he inherited a lot of that. I'm not not blaming him, but um, yeah, just echo what the lad said. The, the next manager's got to be a, a hungry, hungry young manager who's got to bring in hungry footballers. Um, because this big name, Ancelotti, it hasn't quite worked out as well as it as we all thought it would. Paul, what are your feelings tonight? Uh, well, if if we accept the analysis that it has to be a young, hungry manager, the next question has to be: uh, What's the process by which a young, hungry manager comes to Everton Football Club, given all that's gone on before? Um, and that and that sort of worries me slightly. Because if the process has been as it has in the past, with a combination of Mashiri, Ken Wright, um, possibly Marcel Brands, uh, being involved in, in this selection process and then in, in the process of trying to persuade somebody that Everton is the right football club, I think we've got problems. I I would like the club. I'm not going to say too much about Carlo Angelotti actually, because it's all it's all been said and and said very well by. Every, everybody on, on this podcast. Um, do I think less of him today than I did yesterday? Uh, most certainly, because I actually thought he was a man of integrity, but clearly uh, money talks. And actually, it wasn't even for money, was it? Because he went, for, he went for less money. So there is a question as to how much he believed in the project, the project being Everton Football Club. But I, I, I'm not even going to go there on that. The question now is, how how does the club move forward? Uh, having obviously had to put put a plan in place for the summer in terms of 
the people that we're going to keep, the people that we were hoping to uh, bring into the club, um, budgets and all that sort of stuff, all all predicated on the idea that Carlo Angelotti would be manager next season. Obviously, now that all changes. But the big question for me is whether now, three years in and with no manager in place, uh, Marcel Brands is given the complete responsibility, but also the authority to go out and find find a manager and recruit that manager, bring that manager in, understand that manager's uh, requirements in terms of players, and then provide that manager with a list of players that meets those requirements. If if we can do that, we might even be in a stronger position than we would have been had Carlo stayed here. If it's more of the same, where the next manager that comes in happens to have an agent, happens to be a mate of uh, Fahad Mashiri or a mate of Bill Kenwright, then we're, I, think we're, I think we're in quite a lot of trouble as a club. Um, but until we know what the process is going to be, and hopefully I would like the club to come out and I would like Mashiri to come out and you know back Marcel Brands and say Marcel Brands is our director of football and he's the guy that's now going to find the next manager. He's the guy that's going to do the recruitment, blah, blah, blah. If he came out and said that, I'd feel a little, bit, a little bit better about it. Do I expect him to do so? Probably not. Ben, just touching on what you just said, you, you believe that uh, Carlo Ancelotti was actually in Madrid from Friday. So are you under the understanding that Everton were fully aware of the situation over the weekend and have probably maybe been having meetings and working out a contingency plan? Well, the... Um... It's clear and obvious that obviously a lot of the, the news and the media that have been reported over the last 24 hours have been pretty accurate. Um, they were saying, obviously, Ancelotti was there since Friday. And it's understood that as soon as Carlo got the phone call from Real Madrid to say that they wanted him as their next manager, he, in their words, rang Everton immediately. Um, so we must have had some sort of understanding since Friday that something was going on behind the scenes. And you only have to look at, you know, like Richarlison posted a picture four days ago that says Ancelotti with a big hug. Now, you look back on that and it's a bit of a cryptic tweet for me. It looked like they were hugging goodbye now. And at the time, I thought, oh, look at that. It's going to be a great summer. Richarlison's in and around the team. and the back in Ancelotti. But it all changes now in the space of four days. Um, a lot of people probably knew it was coming. So, They've obviously got together the ball today. I think a lot of news outlets are reporting the rather an an emergency meeting they called it at three pm to discuss future targets. So it's one of them, and I completely echo what what Paul said there in relation to the director of football, Marcel Brands, has to now take ownership of of recruitment and finding the next manager because at board level, there's too many people trying to have their say on what goes on in our football club. And it, it can't run like that. You can't have three or four people agreeing and disagreeing over players, over managers, over different financial decisions. It's just not on. Marcel Brands is there to run that football club as the director of football. That's his role. So leave him to it. Let him make the decision. And I completely agree with what Paul said. We should come out and say, it's up to the director of football to find the next manager of our football club that's going to lead us in the right direction. Because we're lost at the moment. There's, like I said before, there's too many people trying to have their say. Leave it down to one person to run the football club and then you get a coach in, a coach slash manager who's going to bring on and develop the players we've got at Everton Football Club going forward. So yeah, it's a bit of a, a roller coaster 
well, since Friday for Everton Football Club, going round in circles, probably a few phone calls and we're going off the hook over the weekend, going this could actually be a massive possibility if they get it right. I'm still unsure on the financial implications in regards to compensation that we've received for Carlo Ancelotti, but we're saving obviously now £12 million a year. Um, another one, gone. <laughs> Didn't expect it to be Ancelotti, but £12 million that we could potentially look elsewhere. Um, and I'm going to go back to a quote Um that my friend texted me before, and it, it got me thinking. Me, me mate Glenn Ryan, and he, you know, I spoke to him, he said I can use his name on the podcast. His, he summarised it perfectly for me. He said, at the end of the day, mate, this is our football club, and nobody will ever be bigger than us. And I completely agree with that. No one is bigger than our club, and if they don't want to be here, there's the door. Disappear. If you haven't got the integrity and the decency to treat us with respect, then there's your door and leave and go to Real Madrid because I don't want you as our manager going forward. Am I gutted? Absolutely. But it's not the end of the world. He was a great manager. He bought uh, a bit of a solid platform over the past 18 months. But as Lee said as well, I'm going to echo it here, the, the 10th position in the league has been a failure and the past 12 months has been a failure for me. And we were going to talk about it and touch on it in the podcast this week, but I'm going to touch on it now. Um, so... I'm just hoping, Mick, that we go more planned structurally going forward. We've got a, a strategic plan on how we're going to address this issue now. The only other positive is it's happened now and not late August, where we're scrambling around trying to find managers and trying to get their spin on things. We've got a good few months to sit back and try and identify somebody who's going to take us forward for the long term. So I'm pretty sure Evan have got a plan. Um, but as I said before, and what Paul said, it all depends on who, who, who wants to shout the loudest in the boardroom. Lee, before we move on to future managers or potential managers, there's been a lot of talk this evening and people think that maybe Carlo has let the players down, especially the likes of Alan um, and, and James. Do you, do you think that as well? Well, he certainly let down the fans. You can tell by the tone. You know, you judge the room in, on, on Twitter today. I've tweeted earlier on as well, echoing what Ben's mate said. You know, nobody, and that includes Ancelotti, who's big enough at the football club, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, Real Madrid, Barcelona, whoever, you know, everyone else is going to think that they're bigger than Everton. And, you know, in, in lots of ways, they evidently are. But for me and for you and for Ben and for Jack and for Paul and for everyone else listening on this podcast, Everton Football Club are the biggest club in the world. And I want that feeling that I got when Moyes came in. So forget what happened after that, you know, in terms of how he left and things like that. You got this feeling that you knew Everton were about to go on an, on an upward uh, trajectory when Moyes came in because he was that hungry. He had an identity. The closest I've seen since was Martinez when he came in. He got the club. He bought into the club straight away. He had an identity. Ultimately, you know that let him down because he was too stubborn and that's what cost him his job in the end. If he would have been a little bit more flexible, I think he would have gone on to have a bit of success with Everton. But he's the closest we've came since. Everything else really has been an absolute disaster since. So as Carlo Ancelotti, he's let the fans down 100%. Um, in terms of the players, as I mentioned earlier on, I'd be massively, massively surprised if James Rodriguez is in an Everton shirt this season because you just think he, he came to Everton solely on the basis that Ancelotti was was there. You know, Alan, you know, is, is the same. You've just now got to hope that, you know, they're, they're happy in the area, wherever, you know, financially, they're on a good deal. Um and a lot's going to depend on who we bring in and what their plans are. 
as to whether these guys stay around. You know, Richarlison's very close to Ancelotti by the looks of it. You know, what do, what do we read into that tweet that, that, he, that he put out a few days back? You know, is he going to follow him out the door? You just don't know. There's so many questions now that this development raises. Um, but I feel let down. I feel massively let down. I think he, he's got a bit of a cheat, really, because he's, he has failed. I expected, you know, a hell of a lot more from him, especially in the last six months. Um, you know, he, he, he wasn't changing a losing formula, which was, was really, really confusing for me. Um, you know, something wasn't working, you know, do something different. And I wasn't seeing that. Um, and yeah, I mean, the players we've, we've commented, you know, on numerous occasions throughout the season, undoubtedly a lot of them aren't good enough. So has he looked at it and gone, hang on a minute. This is just at my age, at my point of, uh, at this point in my career, this is just too much. It's too much of a big task ahead and I just can't see um, a way out of it where, where he's going to get what he wants. Um, so the easy decision, I suppose, is to go to Real Madrid. But as I say, you know, let him go. Good riddance. I love my football club. We love our football club. All I'm bothered about now is getting it right. And I just pray that for once we... I, I don't want it to... I, in a way, I don't want this decision to be made in the next 48 hours. I, I want us to really deliberate properly about this and take our time because I want us to look at what we've what we've brought in in the last five or six years, what hasn't worked, and really take stock of that before then making your, your next decision and your next appointment because it's got to be right. Uh, and off the top of my head, it's difficult to... And you're probably going to go on to that now, Mick, asking everyone who you want. It's it's really difficult for me, so I'll uh, I'll tee you up nicely to ask that question. <laughs> and before I do ask that question, Jack, just touching on what Lee's just said about maybe the job was maybe a little bit too big for Carlo Ancelotti, given his age and everything else, and maybe the project was probably a little bit bigger than he anticipated. Do you do you agree with that? I know off air you you thought that might be the case. Do you think Carlo's probably looked at this project over the last couple of months and probably thought, "Wow, there's a lot more work to do than I anticipated." Yeah. Like, like, like you said, Mick. I spoke about it offline. I think he's, I think he's looked at that squad, and you know where Everton are at at the minute. And I just don't think he's up to it. I think it's, um, it's a big job, you know. And like Lee said, Everton are a huge football club. There's, there's lots to offer, um, but it, it, it needs. I feel like we keep saying this, don't we? Like, oh, you know, it's a three, four year plan, and. Ancelotti is—he's the type of manager who I think wants instant success, and obviously we all do. We—I know that. Look at his signings. You know, he—he wasn't. If you look—if you look at it now, Alan Decore, Hamas—they're not the sort of players that are going to be the backbone of Everton Football Club in three, four years' time. They're not going to be. They just won't. Ben Godfrey will be, but I said it in a previous podcast with you guys. From what I'm reading, Ben Godfrey was not an Ancelotti signing. He just wasn't. It was a brand signing. Um, so I, I, I think he's took stock. I think he's thought this is a big job. Like you said, he's in his 60s. You know, he might have what I know some managers go to 70 now, but I think I think Ancelotti is based in Canada. I think that's where he actually is, is his main house. So he, you know, he's probably going to want to go there. He's got millions in the bank. He's going to want to enjoy life and retirement. He probably thinks I've got four or five years left and I'm going to give it up. And I think he's thought I'll go to Real Madrid. It's an easy job. Um, but like I think Lee's touched on, they're in a mess, Real Madrid, um, and it's it's not a job I would be looking forward to if I was him. 
um, because the pressure that comes with that football club, I think, is unlike any other club on this planet. So looking ahead, guys, looking at future managers, potential managers, Paul, I'll come to you first. And You know, we spoke about Brendan Rodgers. We spoke about numerous other managers. What sort of criteria and what sort of philosophy would you hope that Everton are now going to go for? Um, well, def- definitely a coach as against a manager. And definitely somebody that's got a proven track record in developing players and improving players. Um, as to who that would be, uh, frankly, I've got no idea. <laughs> Genuinely, no, no idea. And I I believe it just should, should leave it to Marcel Brands, to be honest. Um, so I'm not sure I've got a huge amount to contribute to this part of the podcast, um, except other than to say it should be a coach. You've always got something to contribute, Paul, I know that. Ben, who are you hoping for? Um, echo what Paul said, a, a real coach really is going to come in. Um, obviously, the one that stands out, obviously, Antonio Conte. If we go all out for him and get, in it, get him in, then that's another huge sign. And what he's obviously done with Inter Milan, uh, what he did at Chelsea, a really, really good, passionate manager. But again, he's going to come, command probably big wages and he's left into Milan because they would get basically t- say, telling them that they're going to sell the players. So are we in a position to hire a manager that w- wants serious backing? I'm not so sure again. Um, that's obviously another discussion for the Bullens Boardroom podcast. So he, he's a definite option um, going forward. And a few other names that are standing out. Uh, Marcelo Gallardo, um, Argentine football coach, who obviously is the manager of River Plate. Um, in the Argentine Premier Division and I like his philosophy he's got River Plate playing really well um, would it be a gamble? Probably yes but again he's young he's passionate he's well regarded in the South American world of, of football regarding his managerial tactics um, so he's a, a clear and obvious choice for me um, another manager Paolo Fonseca um, just left Roma who have been replaced by uh, no other than Jose Mourinho now, he was obviously at the other stints in Ukraine um, with numerous clubs there, performed really well. And I believe he was in talks with us before um, Koeman and Silva got the jobs. His name was always popping up. And I feel like, I think it was 2017, I think he, he was had an interview and was linked with Everton quite majorly. Now, he's gone on to Roma. Um, I'm not too sure how well he's done, but he's always been a coach that I've liked going forward. Performed really well in the Ukrainian league. And I think he'd be quite good with this set of players to coach them and bring them on. My random one who people sometimes forget about is Andre Villas-Boas. Um, obviously a manager we know from Chelsea, Tottenham days. He's recently been at Marseille. He could, he's still got unfinished business for me in the Premier League. He could, he could be a manager that comes in um, and works with a set of players. He's worked on a budget before, especially at Marseille. So they would be my choices. And a few people have obviously suggested potentially Roberto Martinez coming back now. That first year under Martinez was probably one of the best football I've seen at Everton for a long, long time. And I feel like he did get the football club, but I feel like he was very stubborn in relation to defensive work. And there's been no hidden stuff from ex-players that he just wasn't concerned about defensive work. So... It's difficult, really. Um, there are probably your names out there. There's talks of, obviously, Nuno, who's recently left from Wolves. Um, someone who I don't want is someone like Eddie Howe. Um, 
I just feel like I just don't want him to be Everton manager. I just get bad vibes. I don't know why. He's a born Evertonian. And it makes you think he sent the, the uh, Celtic job down four days ago. Again, makes you think, is it, are the stars lining up? But that's how I stand on it, Matt They would be my choices. Um, but like Paul said as well, it's not up to me. It's up to Marcel Brands. And I hope Marcel Brands has the final decision. Lee, Duncan Ferguson, Rafa Benitez, what, what are your thoughts? Um, it's difficult, Mick. I'm, in, in a way, I'm, I'm going to echo what Paul said. You know, I'm glad it's not my job to pick and it's hopefully going to be Marcel Brands who's going to be stepping up and making that call or certainly contributing heavily towards it. Um, you know, there's a reason he's paid the handsome sum that he is and he's really going to need to step up to the plate now. I've mentioned earlier on today, I've tweeted about it, you know, it's, there's there's no coincidence for me that the the only managers to ever lift silverware for our, our amazing football club have been ex-players. So you think, Kendall, Joe Royal, Catterick, you know, they've all, they've all been there and done it. They, they understand the club. And maybe there just is something about Everton where it works a little bit differently. Um, you know, there's that connection with the fans, you know, they understand what we will and won't accept. Um, the standards that the club aspires to, all these people, you know, have obviously lived and breathed the club when Nil Satis Nissi Optimum seemed to mean something um, in, in those days, you know, that those days unfortunately seem a distant memory now um, and, and I just want to get that back so if you're asking me for names I've got no idea but in terms of some of the ones that have been banded around about already Nuno clues in the title he's got no in his name and it's a no from me absolutely not he was negative I don't think he scored a, a goal in the first half of, of games for about nine consecutive games with Wolves the fan, their fans weren't happy with the style of football uh, and he ultimately left with a bit of a whimper there. So, no, that one, again, not for me. Uh, Fonseca stinks of Marco Silva. So, no, not for me again. Um, I just don't want us to repeat the same mistakes. So, I'd, yeah, I'd rather have Duncan Ferguson in than any of the ones who've, who've been mentioned 100%. Unless we're going to go all out and get someone massive again, um, which I just can't see happening. There's no one. No one's out there. There's no, no one not in a job whose name automatically springs to mind. I'd much rather give it to someone like that, you know, at least for the time being, because at least they're going to get the club. They're going to, you know, have no nonsense approach. They're going to, you know, have people working and fighting for the shirt. You know, and that wasn't the case for, for, for too long this season. So I don't know. It's a really, really tough one. Usually when you, you lose a manager and we've become far too accustomed to that, unfortunately, in the last few years, there's people out there whose names spring to mind straight away and ones where you think, yeah, go on, go out and get him. I, I'm just not seeing that at the minute. So, you know, good luck, Marcel Brandsmith. And all I can say is I'm glad it's not me making the decision. Jack, do you think Everton have got to go do like a Leicester and go find our Brendan Rodgers and then have a bit of continuity and, and stick with him? Yeah, for me, they, they need to. Um, like Ben was saying, like like Conte, there's no, there's no doubt in he is a good coach, good manager, you know, he wins trophies, but I don't want him at Everton because I just think in two, three years time, we'll be in the same position. Um, I think he's quite divisive as a character. We, we don't need that our football club at all. Um, a lot of the names that are being mentioned do not excite me at all. Um, I think the Ajax manager is someone I'd look at. Is it Eric Den Haag? I'd, I'd, I'd look at potentially him. Yeah. 
Um, it's like Lee said, like Nuno, like go back 12, 18 months. And if you'd said to me, Nuno, I'd have said, yeah, okay, Wolves look good. Wolves have been horrific for 12 months. I, I don't want him. He, he just shouldn't be managing Everton Football Club. Um, it would be like Lee said, it'd be exactly the same as Mark Silva. I think hungry manager, young with like with a clear vision and idea is what we need. Um, I, I, I don't. I'm going to contradict myself here. I don't want this manager, but I think they're a very good manager, Rafa Benitez. Um, I know that I know a lot of Everton fans will say, "Oh, you know, he, he's been Liverpool manager. We can't have him." You have to just swallow that. Do you know what I mean? You know, like Benitez is an excellent manager in my eyes. Um, but again, he's he's got to be what late fifties now, sort of thing. We've got to find someone who is going to be here for four or five years. And like the other lads have said, who that is, I'm I'm not sure. But please, not Eddie Howe. Please, not Sean Dyche or anyone like it. No, not not for me. Um, there's no manager that jumps out to me at the minute. One thing I would say is, I know we've had COVID, so none of us have been the games, but. Over the last few years, if someone said to me, what's the, most, what's the best time I've had at Goodison? It was when Duncan Ferguson was in charge for those few matches. And I, I know you, it could have been anyone that could have sort of rallied them together. And I know, I think it was Chelsea and Arsenal, wasn't it? That were the back-to-back, I think it was Chelsea and Arsenal, back-to-back home games. Um, mm, yeah. But that, that was the, the best atmosphere, the most exciting matches I've been to for a while with, with, with Dad and Umic. So... I'm like Lee. Like I, I'd rather give it to someone like him. One thing I don't think we have touched on, though, is my concern is, yes, we've got two and a bit months until the season starts, but there is a major tournament going on. I don't think that affects the managerial position because I don't think we're going to be looking at any of the managers that are sort of managing uh, internationally. But... I don't think we can sit around and wait and wait and wait for a manager because then that puts back trying to get the players in. And the transfer window, once the Euros have finished, it'll be crazy, I feel. Um, It'll be a mad dash to try and get players in. I don't want players coming through the door in the first week of August. You know, they won't acclimatise to the club. It'll take them weeks to hit the ground running. Um, So I feel like we need to be quick about the new manager, but we've got to do, you know, due diligence, get the right person in. Um, It's always an odd summer when there's a major tournament, always is, you know, there's nothing that happens before it. And then once the final whistle is blown in the final match, there'll be players moving left, right and centre. And I'd like to think by that point, we've got a manager in in place who's got a clear idea of his players he wants and brands. Um, but like the lads have said, I'd echo the same. It, it, Brands has got to make this decision, not not Mashiri. I don't blame Mashiri um, because if I'd invested the money that he did, let's be honest, if we'd if we'd put that amount of money in that he has, you'd want to have a bit of a say. You know, that's only human nature. But I think he's now got to sit back and think. I've, I've got it wrong a couple of times, and I'm not saying he got it wrong with Ancelotti, but he, he has got it wrong. You know, I don't think we ever needed Allardyce. Silver was never the right man. I think he needs to leave it to someone who has got a background and um, a career in football like Brands has. Sorry, can I just put in for a second? Um, Jack, a really smart business person, invests in a business and then recruits 
people to run the business. And the reason why mm. that person recruits people to run the business is because mm. uh, he or she knows that the person that they're recruiting has the necessary skills that they don't have. And um, I think probably not just at this moment in time, but hopefully over the summer, the club has a really good and long and hard hard look at itself and asks mm. itself why since uh, February 2016, the time since Mishiri has been here, um, the club hasn't functioned properly. And, and this is a much wider conversation, a conversation for another podcast, I think. But I think if you if you look back on the last five and a half years of Mishiri's involvement in, in, in the club, there's very few occasions where you could actually point to it and say, yeah, this is a football club that's actually well run and functioning properly. It just, this is just a continue for whatever the reason is why Carlo decided to uh, walk away from us, whatever the attractions are of, of Real Madrid, there are, and I'm, and, you know, I've said this before, I'm going to say it again, there are underlying issues in our club that are not being resolved. Now, the selection of a new manager by Marcel Brands should help that process if you believe that Marcel Brands is part of the solution as against part of the problem. But given that he's the only person that is director of football and we're not likely to get another one very soon, him having signed a three-year contract, you have to believe that he is the solution. But the rest of the organisation has to spend some of the summer and Mishiri has to spend some of the summer working out why we're not getting things right because we've had now five and a half years of things not being right. It's a longer conversation than, than, than just now, but that's, that's, that's my view of it. We cannot continue to run the club in the manner that we are. I'm just sticking with that, it, Paul. It, oh. Yeah, go for it, Jack. So, sorry, Mick. Sorry, I was just going to come back at Paul. I, I, I do agree. I agree with what you're saying, Paul, completely. Like in, in any business, um, you know, whatever the director is or the boss or the manager, you need a good team of people around you. Of course you do. And it's all about delegation. And I, I absolutely get that. I, I just feel a little bit... Um, Mashiri, Mashiri can be criticised. Of course he can. I feel a little bit uneasy criticizing him too much and I'm not I'm not saying you were Paul because this guy has come in he has invested an obscene amount of money he's made mistakes plenty of them along the way and I think this time he looked at it and thought I've got brands well-respected individual in football and I've got Carlo Ancelotti right that's it I'll, I've done it we've got it right eventually and and you know for one thing or another it, it, it hasn't worked out again I do think that I don't know if this sort of machinery is not, not playing at running a football club, but does it come back to the fact that he had so little input at Arsenal? Um, hence why he sort of wanted to get out of that football club and he wanted to maybe have a bit more of a say in it. But I, I, I do agree with you, Paul, that the, the running of the football club, and I know that's probably for another pod, um, is something that definitely needs to be looked at. But I don't know if that will be resolved, it's not going to be resolved this summer. It, it just won't be for me. Well, um, I think I think it has to be. Sorry to cut across you, Jack. And the point about him having invested so much money, one of the reasons why he's invested so much money is to cover the mistakes that he's made. So if he got the recruitment policy right, 
in 2016, 2017, you wouldn't have had to either have continued all of those like deadwood contracts that we, you know, we're still suffering from now, or indeed had to replace players um, that didn't work out. If he'd made the right manage, and, and one might accuse me of looking back in hindsight here, but if he'd made the right management selections, he wouldn't have had to spend so much money on compensating managers that he then got rid of at some point after, after he got them. There are so many mistakes that have been made in the organisation in the period of time that he's been at the club. Um, that is one of the reasons why he's had to invest so much money uh, to cover his mistakes and to cover the losses that the club has made because it hasn't been able to progress on the pitch. But again, that's a massive conversation for another time. I'm going to put in here, gents. Ben Lee, just moving on a little bit. I'll come to you first, Lee. Do you think this decision now for the next manager should fall at the hands of Marcel Brands? Yeah, he's a director of football and, you know, that shouldn't just be limited to, you know, player recruitment. You know, he, he should have the decide and say, really. Um, I'm assuming that's, that's in his in his role profile on, you know, the manager coming in as well or the coach. Um, I, just, I just hope it's a considered decision, like I mentioned earlier. Um, I really don't want us to feel like we have to, perhaps because it's a Euros year and, and the added pressures that that brings feel like we've got to make this really, really quick decision. You know, I'd rather us take a week or two to really, you know, have meeting after meeting after meeting, dissect the last six years of abject failure. We've gone backwards as a club. I've seen some tweets today and obviously we've all been scrolling and reading and it's been fascinating looking at everyone's opinion and thoughts on this. The last time I really looked forward to going the game and I thought, right, We've got a side that can really relate to, apart from that one season under Martinez, which was just absolutely brilliant in 13, 14. It was under Moyes between, let's say, 2007 and around 2010. You know the team I'm talking about, you know, Prime Baines, Coleman, Jags, Lescott, Tim Howard, PNR, KLR, Teta. You know, we, we were only, we had the Yak, Sahar, Andy Johnson. We were only ever a top striker. We were only ever a Lukaku away from winning, you know, numerous trophies and finishing in the top four for me. If we had Lukaku in that team, we'd have, you know, looked back on 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 those years, you know, with with real fond memories and numerous Wembley trips, I'm sure of it. Um so I want us to think, right, what what did we do back then that we haven't been doing in the last five years? If you think in any business, you know, and this is where Paul and Jack have, have been talking, any, any business, you know, these, this, a decision of this scale, of this magnitude, needs to be something that's considered and it's well thought out. And, you know, everyone's got an input on it. Yes, I'd like Marcel Brenz to have to decide and say, because he's got to be the one who's setting the tone and the one who has to then follow that through with the, with the player recruitment because the two have to go hand in hand. We need to get an identity back. We all need to recognise our football club again because I think we've all got a little bit lost from that. Um you know, and I'm sure I'm not speaking on my own because, well, I know I'm not because, of, you know, we, we all, with social media these days, it's it's instant. You get everyone's instant response and everyone's instant response throughout the course of this season has been, I don't really relate to this squad of players, to the club anymore. You're sort of losing the fan base and we need to get this back quickly. We need to get that feeling of our Everton back. 
Um, so yeah, it, it's it's a, a decision he's got to be at the forefront of, but he needs to have the right people around him, the right sound and boards. Um, you know, you don't want just yes people around him. You want people make, asking the right types of questions, uh, and hopefully together we 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 get this next decision right. So interesting to see what Ben thinks. Go on, mate. I'll let you go. Yeah, go for it, Ben. Um, yeah, he's got to obviously take complete control for me. Um, obviously, the role of the director of football causes some debate amongst the football world. But Marcel Brandt, to me, has got to be left alone to make that decision. Now, he's got to get a, a manager in that he trusts and that can work with because basically director of football is basically an intermediary between the, between the manager and the board. So they kind of relieve pressure off the manager and handle day-to-day aspects and leave the coaching down to the manager. Um, so he needs to get somebody in who he can work alongside. He's just signed a three-year deal. Marcel Brands, clearly, um, Mashiri trusts him, as Paul and Jack rightly touched on. By the way, I love the to and fro in there. As well. I love all that. We'll have a good discussion on the board about that in a few weeks to come. Um, but yeah, he's got to be left alone. Marshall Brands in this decision. You, you clear what happened last time. I think Ken Wright was trying to get his say on who he wanted, and it was clear that he wanted David Moyes to come back to the football club. Then you've got Mashiri suggesting names, and you've got Mar- uh, Marshall Brands suggesting names. And I think Mashiri probably had the final say on appointing Carlo Ancelotti. That's me hazarding a guess. Um, so it's got to be left alone to the man himself, Marcel Brands. He's been trusted now to run the football club uh, and act as that intermediary between what goes on on the pitch and what goes on off the pitch to be that intermediary between the club and the board and the players and the coaching staff. So he's your one, he's your runner, um, he's your messenger, shall we say. So it's going to be a massive decision coming up. Um, we need to get it right, no doubt about it, because if we get it wrong, we could be in a real sticky situation going forwards. So, yeah, back to square one, shall we say. Uh, a bit dejected by it all, um, a bit let down, a bit upset of what's gone on today. But look, um, Everton Football Club supporters, it's not the end of the world. The club have been in a lot worse states than it is in now. Um, we need to, tr- again, trust the process, but we need to get it right massively. We have to. But it just seems like another kick um, as an Everton fan. It's just one of them days again. <laughs> it's it's terrible, but it's Everton, as uh, Bill Kenwright likes to say. But <laughs> yeah, going forward, he's got to get it right. Massive, massive few days and few weeks coming off the football club. If I could just jump in, can I, can I, Mick? Can I just ask the other guys what they think about yeah, go David it. David Moyes? Because I know I've read a few things today that. There's a three-year contract on the table with him at West Ham. Um, It's not signed yet. As Ben's just touched upon, I think in 2019, it it was quite close for him returning to Everton. Um, I just want to know what the guys and and you think about Moyes. Would would you have him back? Me, I'll come to you first. Would you have Moyes back? Over some of the names that have been mentioned, yes, I would, yeah. Um, He he clearly had a, a glass seal glass ceiling um, during his time with Everton towards the end of, with, you know, when you think of derbies semi-finals finals but at least we had an identity we knew who we were we had a good side on the pitch he, his recruitment was always spot on I thought he, he looked at the 
attitude and, and lots of different attributes of, a, of a, not just the player, but the type of man that we were bringing in. And that's what I always loved about uh, David Moyes. Um, so, I mean, it wouldn't be a popular decision. Um, I think, you know, it completely split the fan base. And again, is that what we need uh, just now? Because there's a lot of people who are very, very angry about the, the manner in which he left the club and what he did, you know, immediately after leaving the club with the Baines and Fellaini situation. Uh, I think that left a sour taste in the mouth. But listen, he, he should have got more time at Man United. Um, I think anyone taking that job after Alex Ferguson was on was on a hide into nothing. Um, he had better record than a couple of the managers that have gone uh, since. Uh, he's done an absolutely brilliant job at West Ham and he's quickly got them, you know, again, you know, with a bit of an identity um, and he's getting the best out of a group of players that on paper don't look as the group uh, as good as the group that we have. So he wouldn't be my first choice, um, but I loved going the match under David Moyes. Um, we never seemed to be beaten. You know, there was loads of last minute winners. We, we had fight. I can just I always remember if we were ever chasing a draw or a win, you know, we 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 pen teams back. I've mentioned this during podcast this season. Um, there just seemed to be a spirit and an identity around the club. And I, I look back on the Moyes era, although we didn't win anything, and I'm gutted that we didn't. I look back on that with it's mad that they were almost the good times that, but we didn't know they were the good times at the time. If that makes sense, because um, everything that's gone since, we we've always thought, oh God, right, we're we're about to step up now. We're about to take it up a notch. And here we go. This is the springboard. We're going to you know, finally break that glass ceiling and, and get into the top four. And we've failed absolutely miserably. So what all I would say to Evertonians listening to this is, if you know, don't write the idea off completely because look at what we've done since. We've tried so many different people, so many different types of managers, and they have all failed and failed quite drastically. And we've, we find ourselves now, you, you look back to 2013 and that last game, you know, of David Moyes' era, look at the team that he left and look where we were and look where we are now. Where would you rather be? Mm. And I'll leave it at that. And that's interesting. Paul, what are your thoughts? Would would, would you take Moyes back? No. I, 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 I'm speaking as somebody that's one of David Moyes' biggest fans. Um, I'm a great believer in uh, you never go back anywhere. So you have your time, you do what you do. And for whatever reason that you then move on, um, but you never go back. And I, I just think it would be such a retrograde s- step for the club. It would be an, an acknowledgement that there wasn't anybody out there that wasn't known to us that we felt could do a job for us. Um, and I think it would just send out so many wrong messages, perhaps unfairly on David Moyes, because he's proven yet again at West Ham uh, his capabilities, but no, r- 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 just wrong to bring him back. Ben, what are your thoughts? I know David Moyes will be linked at some point and I know it's already starting to to ramp up a little bit. Would you take him back? Um, what I will say is there's no coincidence that he's kind of delayed on that three-year deal at West Ham. Um, that was obviously often to at the beginning of the week and it's still waiting to be signed. So he's clearly probably waiting for an approach. But I'm going to say I agree with Paul Um he, he, is a, he has done a terrific, terrific job with West Ham, but I just feel like that ship sailed with David Moyes. Um, I just feel like we'd be taking a step backwards. I just feel like I want a, a new direction, a different leadership um, going forward. Someone else I can get behind. Not David Moyes was great for Everton, don't get me wrong, with the budget he had, he was brilliant. 
but I don't like going back and reopening history books that have been closed for for a few few years now. And yeah, not for me, unfortunately. And that's where we're going to finish, guys. Thanks to Jack, Ben, Lee and Paul for joining us as always. And thanks for listening. We will be back very, very soon. We've got the season review and we've also got Everton's next manager and we are ready for that as well. Thanks for listening. Take care. Stay safe. Everton will still be here tomorrow. Everton are bigger than any other manager. So don't worry, Blues. Take care and all the very best.